listening to The Chartographers. It is a music-loving podcast for music-loving people. We take every single album by a particular artist, and we rank it from worst to first. And the thing is, we're recording this podcast in the year 2018, and it's kind of a sea change that's happened. In 2017, and when you look at how music is sold and what have you, for the longest time, you think of all the genres in the world, you think of, like, everything from soul to classical to jazz to, you know, pop, whatever. Uh, pop rock has always been the biggest-selling genre every single year for decades and decades on end. In 2017, the sea change happened where rap suddenly became the most commercially viable form of music in the U.S., and it's crazy, and it's awesome. And so just like any other genre, you're going to run into your fucking one-hit wonders, so if you're annoyed by designer or a little pump, don't worry. They are going to fade out of our memories soon. Salento! And also, most importantly, the rappers that are, like, establishing entire cultural forces in and of themselves, they're the people that know the past and recognize the past. You think about Kendrick constantly referencing Tupac and everything that he does. You think about even Eminem dropping lines about how important it is to listen to MC Ren. It's great. And when you're looking back at the past, you're thinking about great rap groups like the one that we are talking about on this episode. Guys, we are going to dive into it. We're going to talk about the AT Aliens, Atlanta's Finest, The Player and the Poet. That's right, guys. This week, we're going into the discography of the one, the only, a group that broke up so that one of the members could drop hot albums and the other one could drop new razors. That's right, guys. We're talking about... <laughs> Outcast! Uh, two shades deep if you're nasty. So, Outcast is two amazing people. It is Andre Benjamin, aka Three Stacks, aka Johnny Vulture, aka Andre 3000. And it is also Antoine Andre Patton, aka Daddy Fat Sacks, aka Sir Lucius Leftfoot, aka Big Boy. And they are fucking <laughs> amazing. They are teenagers. They met in fucking high school and started, uh, like, you know, realizing they had a real knack for this rap thing. But most importantly, though, they got with a group. They got together with Organized Noise back in the day. And what's interesting is that being based in Atlanta, uh, this was, like, early 90s. Every, all everyone talked about was the East Coast, West Coast thing. That was the predominant cultural and commercial thing in hip-hop. To be from anywhere else is weird. You know, no one's talking about those Tennessee rappers, you know, for a reason. But here's the thing. Uh, they established themselves very early, and Organized Noise, unlike doing the scratching or sample-based things a lot of other rap groups were doing, they were doing live instrumentation, so it sounded different. It sounded organic. They were booed when they won Best New Artist at the 1995 Source Awards, but they wound up putting the South on the map, and Southern Dirty South hip-hop has become a force in and of itself, and they have had game-changing, cultural-affecting albums, and we are gonna talk about and rank them today! I'm really excited about this, just so you know, guys. Uh, who are the people doing the ranking? Let me tell you. First off, me. I'm Evan Sadi. You might know me as the interviews editor of Pop Matters. You probably know me as the boring old host of this podcast, and that's okay, because if you know any about this podcast, then you know the person sitting near me, uh, the co-creator of the podcast, and most importantly, the Andre to my big boy. That's Aww. right, guys. <laughs> Taryn O'Reilly is in the house! Taryn! Hi! How you doing? Feeling great, feeling good. How are you? <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is gonna this has been a week. Let me tell you, because like this is one of the shorter discographies we've done for a while. But it's also no, 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 no. <laughs> no don't say that. Fewest <laughs> albums, sure. 
over eight hours of music. Yes. It is it is plenty long. Yes. There is more than enough more than to enough. talk about. Exactly. Uh, so the thing is that what we could talk about and dig into Outcast. We can't do it alone. We never can. Hell we not. know this. And so that's why we had to bring in our own organized noise to help make this happen. So, guys, let me tell you if we have a returning guest and a new guest. First off, you may know him from his amazing e-gaming accomplishments and victories. You can see him on Twitch and everywhere else as PXGI Redman. And most importantly, I think the crowning achievement in his life, potentially, was when he was on our Season 2 episode when we ranked <laughs> the albums of Kendrick Lamar. Guys, Shannon White is in studio! What's going on? Going on, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing? It's great to be back to talk about some outcasts. Thank you for having me on again, Evan. I've been looking forward to this. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't prepared for the eight hours of music initially. I was like, whoa, <laughs> right? no wonder they put stop putting out music. They have enough. But I'm <laughs> definitely ready to dive into this. This is great. Awesome. I'm really excited about it. Also, that's awesome. And here's the thing. Uh, our other guest here, uh, he is a dear, dear friend. Uh, you can find him in Chicago at Comedy Sports. He is a team member there. He is amazing. He is bringing the knowledge. Guys, Zarek Madugu is here in studio right now. Zarek! What up, though? How you doing? <laughs> man, man, I'm just uh, chilling, you know what I'm talking about? I'm out here just, like, living. Uh, I'm hoping to give <laughs> some for you, you know what I'm talking about? I'm hoping you enjoy this on your on your transit or your travel as you go around, you know what I'm talking about? And I just hope you all <laughs> get out get out and get some today. All right. All right. <laughs> and that's the podcast, folks. All right, so Outcast, Man, let me tell you something. The, they are weirdos. They are innovators. They've done a lot of stuff. And the thing is, is that unlike other artists that we've done, uh, especially a lot of rap artists that where you have to think about mixtapes and all the other fuckery that goes on there, this is pretty straight up. They have six albums. They have Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music from 1994. They have AT Aliens from 1996. They have what some consider the commercial breakthrough in terms of Equemini in 1998. They have the big big one, which was Stankonia in 2000. Uh, they had an album that we're going to talk about in a little bit called Speaker Box The Love Below in 2003, and there was the soundtrack to their feature movie that they did Idlewild in 2006. Now, the reason I want to talk about Speaker Box The Love Below is that Technically, it is an Outcast album. It is a double-disc Grammy Award-winning Album of the Year album, but it is two albums. Like Frank Ocean, it's two albums. Uh, the thing is, the speaker box below below, they're both solo albums contained within the Outcast name. Now, I'm pretty sure you, listener at home, you probably have thought the same thing we have. Are you going to rank them together, or are you going to rank them as separate albums? It does come under the Outcast brand, and Andre never released another solo album after the fact. I think it's fair to say that we would consider it together as a single Outcast album, even though it's two discs. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I just want to know from our council if we have any uh, thoughts or disagreements or anything else like that. While it is a very long album, <laughs> I would rank them together as well under one umbrella because it is Outcast, and you hear a lot of both of them on each other's solo efforts within this album. So it's like, for me, they want a Grammy together. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's yeah. what I'm taking. All away. right, cool. Yeah, I'm going to say I agree with putting them together. I have a different opinion if they were separately, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't listened to Andre 2000 solo album. We listened to a big boy solo album, and this is not one of them. Okay. Uh, so I will I will put this as an outcast album. I, yeah, I will, I'll agree with that. Yeah. This is definitely still feels like outcast. outcast. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, well, cool. In that case, we got it. Six albums, six <laughs> slots. We're going to rank them from worst to best. Uh, Southern Playlist, Cadillac Music, Aliens, Aquemini, Stankonia, Speaker Box, Level Low, Idlewild. Guys... 
We're going to rank them. We're going to start, as we always do, with the debate, uh, open opinions. I have ideas. I have ideas, but you never know where they're going to go. So number six, lowest ranking, worst best, if you want to think about it. Shannon, you've been on this podcast before. Yes. But Zarek hasn't. Okay. So as Zarek gets a very special honor, you're in the hot seat, buddy. Right. You're here. You're in it right now. Mm-hmm. So we're just talking about it. We're not saying anything. But out of curiosity, what would you nominate as the worst Outcast album. See, I'm a fan of Outcast because I enjoy hip hop and grew up enjoying hip hop. That being said, uh, this album is not a hip hop album, and that's why I put number six, Idlewild. It fucking has to be though, it has right? To be, though. It never yeah. really so for those who don't know, uh, it's the soundtrack to a film. Now, little did we know, <laughs> going into this week, Turn and I, when we went into Research Week, we watched the goddamn film. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating how so little of the movie has anything to do with the soundtrack. The yeah. soundtrack is very much a uh, songs inspired by, because for those who don't know, it deals with Rooster and Percival. Uh, and Percival <laughs> is the piano-playing mortician's son, who is like, oh, I want to be a star. But then you have uh, Rooster, who is, you know, he's the pimp, he's the guy that's, you know, doing all the alcohol running back then, and now he's a club owner, and then Terrence Howard's the villain to just shoot people and be a character named Trumpy. Like, it's a whole thing, guys. It really is. Paula Patton's wonderful. It's basically just, it's just Moulin Rouge in Atlanta with more shootings. Yeah. And nowhere near as good. Uh, so the thing is that, like, we went into it because, like, I'm like, I really, like, I've heard Idlewild before. Like, I kind of wanted to put it in context. And then in the movie, they use pretty much nothing but songs from fucking Speakerbox Love Below. Mm. And, like, I get it. Rooster is a great song. Like, they give it some verb. And also, in the movie, in the movie, Big Boy shows up. All right? Oh, he really, really yeah. does. He's the entertainer. He's the player. And the best sequences are... The songs from Speaker Box mm-hmm. that are being danced to in the club. That's like the biggest reason to watch that movie if you're going to. Yeah. Please don't. You really It's <laughs> <laughs> a big F. You're not, you're not missing much. But so for something set in the 1930s, kind of Cab Calloway style, this is an album that's very much inspired by that. So that's why the first single off at Mighty O, uh, it really it borrows that Cab Calloway line of Mighty Idy Idy Odi Odi Odi. And like, then it kind of. After they did the solo album thing with Speaker Lux of uh, Love Below, there's a couple songs where they're on it together, but for the most part, it's like every other track. It's either Dre or it's Big Boy, which is, like, fine. I understand the criticism of Speaker Box Love Below of, like, there's one really good album between these two albums. Like, some people say that. I kind of can see where they're coming from. But here they kind of did that, kind of like every other song, and, like, Dre kind of sucks at this point, guys. That's what I think. Well, I mean, in my opinion, uh, I think after Stankonia... Uh, Three Stacks kind of gave up on being a rapper, and he wanted to be an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You can kind of hear that in, in you know, what his take on The Love Below was. Uh, but you can really hear it here in Idlewild. He's straight up, like, doing, like, old-timey show tune songs, like, on here. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, like, like trying when to... When I look in your eyes? Yeah. Like, did anyone need that? No. no when I, when I look in your eyes. And this is very Cotton Club sounding. But funny enough, while I agree with Idlewild being... The worst on the list. <laughs> this has two of my favorite Outcast, outcast songs oh. ever on it. Okay. Hollywood are... Divorce okay. and Morris Brown. Okay. I like Hollywood Divorce. I love Hollywood Divorce. Oh my god. That was that was peak Lil Wayne. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. It was peak Lil Wayne. And while peak, I guess his era. I can understand why people be like Andre Three Thousands versus kinda like with the A with the A B C Yeah. 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 Oh, see I see I love that production. Okay. See, I love that production. But I'm one of those people where I can like something a lot, uh-huh. but I can understand why people wouldn't. Right. Yeah. So while it's a fan favorite, it's a guilty pleasure for me. 
I can understand why people probably want to like Hollywood Divorce and things See, like that. And I, I thought Hollywood Divorce was probably something that was like, uh, like three stacks. Like I get, I get where the you know ABC rap yeah, yeah, yeah. get tossed out. But I felt like that was him deflecting us some real shit he was processing. Because mm-hmm. he had just like around this time was this 2000, 2006? Six, 2006. So he's about two years removed from that like divorce with Badu mm-hmm. and all that stuff going down. So I'm sure he's processing some real feelings mm-hmm. uh, when all this is going down. So. And that's great. I wish he would articulate them better on the fucking album. Yeah, honestly, yeah. you know, like career no. Instead, sport. we get uh, I, what is it? Chronometrophobia. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, Dre. Holy shit, that's terrible. But here's the thing. The biggest surprise for me this week, and in the film and in the soundtrack, Big Boy shows up. Which is oh, yeah. Morris Brown. I Morris love Brown. Morris okay. Brown. Okay. It's awesome. So that, that leads me to my thing, is that I love, I, I full-on love three songs on Idlewild, and they're all the Sleepy Brown songs. Okay. <laughs> for yeah. me, like, Sleepy Brown is the MVP of this album, because, like... When he, when we're in for, I mean, Morris Brown is like, the yes, marching band, big when boys, comes in. big yeah. boys, big boys verses on it are quite good, but it, the hook is where I'm living, uh-huh. you know? Right. And then you have Peaches with that one on there. What was the other one that he was on? Um, he did the one with Monet, right? Uh, well, there was Call the Law, and then there was uh, In Your Dreams. That was, oh yeah. yeah. In Your Dreams. Oh, that's that's Mike. Yo, let's, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about like In Your Dreams for a moment. Cause like. Uh, I think Idlewild, we'll all agree that is not the best album, mm-hmm. uh, but we're still feeling the effects of things that happened in this album mm-hmm. uh, with the reach of Janelle Monet. Yeah. Uh, and even the fact that, like, what, like last week she dropped, like, what might be the best album of this year so far? Dirty Computer. Dirty Computer. Yeah. Uh, I feel like everything that's coming out of her crew is just, like, untouchable. Wonderland. Uh, yeah. Wonderland. Like, yeah, dude, Jidenna's coming out. Like, I think Anderson Pox affiliated right now. Like, they're all, like, just coming out some good stuff. And Killer Mike. Killer Mike has, like, he's one of the best rappers who's been the most consistent mm-hmm. that hasn't, like, hit that mainstream yeah, status. Yeah, hasn't like, missed like, a step either. Yeah. Well, here, it's weird, though, because, like, hearing him, like, everything on the whole world, to, you know, like, because he got his debut. I mean, when he was on Sankonia, that was the first song he was ever mm-hmm. on. Right. And now he's in Run the Jewels, and they're just fucking, you know, yeah. like, they're, like, in the same conversation with Outkast as one of the best rap duos mm-hmm. of all time, yep. with, like, that and Eric mm-hmm. B and Rakim or what have you. But legitimately, though, like, I think Killer Mike got better over time. He oh, got absolutely. More articulate. Because, no. like, his verses are fine on the Outkast records, but he definitely, like, stepped up his game, especially once you hooked up I mean, with LP. It's definitely like he grew up too, right? Like, mm-hmm. here he's like, yo, big boy, say the word, I'm gonna run up on him, split their head. And now he's like, he stepped away from that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He still got that in him. And But now he's like, he's talking about how like socialism can change a country. Like, yeah. like he's, he's, he's grown in the scope. Right, and I think that that's definitely like that three stacks influence that opening that third eye. Yeah, yeah. Sure. The third eye. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is that like I don't hear as much of it on here. And the Janelle Monae, she does the flapper thing fucking amazingly, and the train is just oh. a fantastic that's the song. Other one. My God, because there's that, and then when they do the train part two on the first Big Boy solo album, is like uh. one of my all time favorite tracks from him. But. When you think about the other five albums in this discography, yeah, it, this it's pretty obvious. I wanted to give it another chance. I wanted to see if there was a revelation, and I love the big boy stuff I discovered on here. Yeah, and and that's the thing too because you know when you're ranking Outkast albums, mm-hmm. you, it's basically picking your favorite child because it's like in the grand scheme of things, none of these. And while it may seem like we're 
hard on the album or something like that. We're not saying any of these albums are bad. Right. Listen to other episodes. We were not just hard on Idlewild. Yeah. 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 If if we're like thinking about what's going on while they're making Idlewild, right? Like Big Boy's still working on on hip hop. His mind is clearly focused on rap Mm -hmm. and flowing. Uh, Three Stacks, his mind is on making Class of 3000 for Cartoon Network. He's getting the character Dabu down and he's shooting semi-pro with Will Ferrell. Uh, in 2006. So around this time, his main focus ain't being a rapper or making mm-hmm. music no more. Or being an actor in a movie that he's starring in. Yeah. yeah. Right. She's like... He, phone, <laughs> he phones that shit in. Yeah. Also, the weirdest sex scene we've seen in some time in that oh my God. movie. You know what's great during sex scenes? What? Smash cuts of scary clowns. <laughs> <laughs> That's super great. Love Thanks, that. Just set the mood. Exactly. All oh, right. Wow. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So are we in agreement? Idlewild number six. Yeah. So I think we all saw that coming. So that that's not no one no one's heart is broken but now that that's done now we can get into a real discussion shannon this is where it gets hard this, this is, is where it gets hard and guess what buddy you're hard. the you're another guest here mm-hmm. Zarek had his turn in the hot seat now it's yours number five what are you gonna nominate for us okay <laughs> people and again i'm speaking from an honest, honest perspective I'm and as curious. and as eric said i'm very hip-hop centered and so when I listen to Outkast, and since that's what I grew up on, that's what I'm expecting. Uh-huh. And while I can appreciate the artistry, for me, for me, okay, for me, I'm open to a debate. Number five is Speaker Box Love Ball. Oh. oh, man. I, that's I get, for me. I get your argument. Like, I'm going to start off by saying when we were having this, uh, if they were split into two albums... The Love Below would fit this slot for me, hands down. Absolutely. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and honestly, a large part of why this puts it there is that, okay, you have this album. And now, mind you, if we're talking about in the grand scheme of things, this is a great album. It won the Grammy for album of the year. It won the Grammy for album of the year. And now, mind you, this and this is, if we're talking personal, personal Bruno again, Mars also won album of the year, okay? No, but okay. Beck also won album of the year, so like... <laughs> Celine Dion, that's the level we're at right now. Celine Dion in the 2000s won an album of the year. We've established that album of the year does not matter. Yeah. So, for me personally, while I love Speaker Box and a lot of things Big Boy did, a lot of the verses didn't do as much for me, and there wasn't enough Andre 3000. Yeah, on Speaker Box. There wasn't enough Andre Mm -hmm. 3000 on it for me, for the hip hop aspect. And then you switch over to the Love Below. Wow, Prototype is arguably one of my favorite songs. It's a good sex jam. Oh yeah, my god, I love Prototype. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> for me, if and again, I'm coming in thinking from a hip hop aspect because listening to all these Outkast albums, I do get all this wonderful, classic, legendary hip hop, and then you get to speaker box stuff below, and then you get a lot of funk, and you get a lot of soul, and you get a lot of Andre 3000 experiment, and you get a lot of pop Uh and it's just like for me in the grand scheme of their body of work for outcast it didn't rank like i didn't enjoy listening to that as much as i enjoy listening to like aquaman at aliens the southern players you know like those albums fulfilled uh a grassroots hip-hop urge a hunger that i that i wanted to where this album didn't necessarily give it to me now i was fully prepared for everyone else to disagree with me and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But if we're talking personal preference, gun to my head, being honest, speaker box love below would come after Ottawa for me. I, I hear you. And there are 
major problems with this album, for sure. What? Especially on Love Below. The drum and bass There's... cover of uh, My Favorite Things? I mean, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> the first time the first time I, was, I put this album on and that started happening, I was like, oh, this is going to turn into something cool, right? Oh, oh no, it's just, it's, oh, it's this for five fucking minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Also, he just sampled an existing recording of it and added like a rapid hi-hat on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, cool, thanks. But I don't know. I, I am a big pop fanatic and, um, I mean, I'm pretty young. So like Stankonia era is when I was really aware of. What Outcast was. What Outcast was. And then, you know, obviously I know the the huge hits from Speaker Box. So while I wouldn't put it too much higher, I don't think we're ready for it yet. There's just so many huge show stopping moments, especially on Speaker Box. Mm-hmm. When you have like? Well, when you have that run of unhappy into bow tie, into the way you move, mm-hmm. into rooster, like I, I also am always going to be a sucker for horns, uh-huh. and especially yeah. live horns used in a rap setting. That's like exactly what I live for, and so that's that's like that's I mean there's a couple. That's of how I feel about flutes, so I get what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about flutes, so I get. What so you mask mean. off was like your favorite. song. Oh, when I heard mask off, I was like, I don't even need to hear another song on this album. <laughs> It's the best album in the past hundred years. I, mean, I don't need to hear anything else. That was a... I fucking love that beat. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, I want to put, like... I'm going to contest you a little bit here. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like, Speaker Box, Love Below. It's it's definitely a double album, so you approach it differently, right? Yeah. I would say that there are more hits and memorable songs coming out of this mm-hmm. than there were out of AT Aliens. Now, AT Aliens has a couple of, like, real standard ones, mm-hmm. uh, but I do feel like... I would put Speaker Box Love Below above it. Now, mind you, I am I am deeply filtered by 2003. This album just came out. I am a sophomore in high school, mm-hmm. and and I love hip hop. I'm the I'm one of the few people of color that likes hip hop. Uh, so in I was def- I was yeah in my high school. Yeah. So I was definitely feeling one way, uh, listening to to Speaker Box. But I remember another side of me that was like trying to express myself, who never really felt like I could express myself. Was really feeling some of that love below, and there was a song specifically, uh, the "Take Off Your Cool" with Nora Jones. Mm. That, cool, that, yeah. that to me, as a middle schooler, was the first bridge of like, this is art, or as a high schooler, like this is artistic, but also like real. Um, and I think I think there's something to be said about that uh, for the journey. Um, like while yes, I agree, it is not a hip hop album. Yeah. While I agree, there is a bunch of Love songs and, and things of that nature. It doesn't nature. have to be a hip hop album. It could be a good right, album. Right, it could be a good album. Sure. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a reason it won Best Album overall that year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's because it, it took so much from other genres and incorporated it. And at least The Love Below, I felt like, did that yeah. a lot more. Um, but I feel as an overall experience, you feel something a little bit more than you would from some of the earlier albums out of Outcast. Absolutely. Um, and, that's, oh, and that's kind of like where I'm coming from is I would, I would personally put a little bit higher. Uh, just because I think the higher thought, uh, them kind of evolving as people, uh, has, has, that's where you're starting to see, all right, this is not just one two people as one unit. These are two individuals. Right. And, this, and this album is the one where you can make the claim, uh, Three Stacks is the best rapper of all time. Mm. Or, you get that, or you get that claim of like... A hard note. Or, or Big Boy. No, I'm with you, yeah. but like... Right. It, if it, 
when Stank Elia came out, no one was making those claims. I'll oh, right. Absolutely. Now. Right. Okay, but here's the other thing I would say is that, and a lot of people have made the argument, and I see both sides of it, of the fact that although it's two solo albums under the same umbrella, it is two solo albums. And part of what makes Outcast Outcast is how well they work together. Mm-hmm. How there is that constant pull of like Dre being like, I'm tired of rapping, I want to do acoustic songs, and then him to like, no, we need to pull this into an actual song, which is how some of their genuine hits have come about, like because mm-hmm. they became producers, they became, you know, people like that. This is them working separately, mm-hmm. but in kind of their own different things. And so seeing their personalities kind of out there removed, even though they work on both albums, is interesting. The thing is that like the one thing about ATL, actually the first four albums. Let's just be real. Is that there's this personal aspect to yeah. it. There's the stories of like how hard it is in the streets. There's, there's also one thing that kind of struck me like literally today that it just as soon as I heard it, everything looked in the place of how much respect they have for women. Uh, which is not something you <laughs> no. really ever really Back think Finn? about. That's real, Back Finn? Yeah. Yes. Respect for women? What? Like, that wasn't a thing in hip hop. Like, that was. I still. It was not pretty really brutal. a thing in hip hop. It was. <laughs> I mean, Tina's still not really. A oh, it, it yeah. still isn't there. Let's be very clear. Right. But back then, yeah. it was, like, blatantly not there. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. It but was, like when you have a song like Toilet Tisha off of Stankonia, mm-hmm. which is, you know, when there's actually more than a few songs that deal with, like, rough girls that, you know, sell their bodies and commit suicide. No, like, but on the same side, like, I'll Call Before I Come is on that one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Or Humble is a Mumble. Like, yeah. those are two, like, very much, I'm going to respect you. We'll talk about even, Stankonia even we, much honestly, later in this Honestly, episode. even yeah, We yeah, Love yeah. These Hoes kind of comes off as, like, kind of respectful <laughs> right. in its own weird way. But the thing is that, like, that personal aspect of it, that little autobiographical aspect of it, is a little bit removed on here. There's nothing wrong with that, but then you have a big boy album that's nothing but braggadocio, and then you basically have an Andre album that, save for the last song, is pretty much all just, I like genres. You don't, you don't think <laughs> Love Below is... You don't, you don't hear... Thank you, Evan. You don't hear anything personal on Love Below? Okay, walk me through the personal parts of I Love mean, Below. I mean, you know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly not. Oh my gosh. Where are my panties interludes? Well, you know, that's a great I, interlude. I love Where Are My Panties interlude. First of all, if we're talking about respect for women, yeah. that's literally, literally, there's a whole Andre monologue on there about how also, much she's like, yeah. I don't think you're a like, like, hey God, oh damn, you a girl. <laughs> Um, okay, so, no, I, I like The Love Below, I guess, I guess it's not that personal, but, like, when you're getting into, like, prototype, or, like, I fucking love She Lives in My Lap. Oh, yeah. When he's, like, he's fucking, he's, it's weird he and fully, I like it. He fully That's hits that, thing. like, Prince yeah. pose. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Which he tries other times, it doesn't hit the same level, but on that one, absolutely. Also, Pink and Blue, I kind of like, honestly. Yo, and I'll hold down that Behold a Lady is a, is a jam as well. Oh, me, personally. Be, Behold a Lady, that's like a full Stevie Wonder. I feel like, again, me in high school, at that time, I realized, that was the moment where I realized, alright, I'm just going after girls that are going to give me what I think I want. And this is something I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to handle. I'm learning about myself, and that's when I kind of realized, like, Behold the lady, that that's gonna be something. I don't know. Again, maybe it's just because I personally grew up a lot to the love below and speaker box out al- uh, box albums that I have a special place in my heart. Uh, but, but man, then you have she's alive. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, then you Where's have Happy it? Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy, uh, in, yeah. yeah, yeah see, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day could have been they're like. Uh, Beatles birthday moment, except it he made it like, five minutes long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just kind of keeps going and going and yeah. going. And that's another thing too with the Love Below portion. That was a long, even for then. 
That's yeah. a long... Because mind you, Big Boy's part is only like 58 minutes or something like that, your typical hip-hop album. Then you get to The Love Below, and it's long. It's right. And it feels like... It's indulgent. Right. And it's like... It doesn't feel like it needs to be that long, especially with that song for five minutes. It's like... Right. You could, you could, I mean, but that's or also like, something like that kind of goes through their discography. Because even like on Southern Playlist yeah. and Cadillac Music, yeah. like I've heard this chorus about five times. Now. <laughs> I think I'm good on the chorus. Well, it's just a couple of the songs on Playlistic. It'll be like a thirty to forty second verse, and then the chorus again, and then another one, and then the chorus again, and then another. And it's yeah. like yeah. the song is six minutes long, and you're like, okay, we right. get it. Yeah. We no. get the chorus. Yeah. You don't have to re- roll it after every single verse. And I will say this. The argument for fifth place for me was between Southern Playalistic and Speaker Box and Love Below. So those were the two albums for me. Now and while I understand the cultural impact of Southern Playalistic, they just put out better albums exactly. than did what no. that album did just way better in advance. So that yeah. pl- Southern Playalistic is where I would lean absolutely. Not because it's not great and I I fully hear and respect and appreciate the steps that organized noise took Mm -hmm. with all the live instrumentation, but the roots of this album are still in West Coast hip hop to me. Like as far as as far as you know, they're playing them live, but the layers that are there, the the blueprint for this album is still like Dr. Dre. Right. So and they they're so young still I feel like they haven't found their individual flows yet. They sound like a early rap '90s group. rappers. Yeah, yeah. No. and what? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah and I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, and again, there's nothing wrong with that because I mean, this is their first coming out party and things such as that. And you can tell they, you know, even though they're a southern-based group, they draw their influence from all of hip hop, mm-hmm. and they're you know bringing their own twist to it. You know, they definitely you can even hear, like you said, in their flows. You definitely hear a lot of early, you know, West Coast specifically, mm-hmm. hip-hop cadences and things such as that. 17 at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it only makes sense because you're that young, you're drawing from your influences mm-hmm. around you, and so... And don't get me wrong, I still think there's some really great verses on here, like Deep is... Yeah. No, Dude, not yo, deep. Yo, let me get you like. Yo, <laughs> I was six years old when this album came out. Uh huh. But I will always remember. The first time I heard that like song, and I will never forget uh, the Players Ball. Like how, I, I, ball. I I feel like it deserves a higher spot off the Players Ball alone. Oh wow! And I would even argue that that reprise at the end is the best use of a reprise in a rap album that I can recall. Hmm. Okay, I'm not gonna fight you on that. Yeah. I mean, I do like that song. It's right. just not, like, the highlight for But me before here. we dig into the heaviness of it, I just want to clarify one thing. We were talking about Speaker Box Love Below. You said you wouldn't put it this low. What would you have put at number five? See, that's a tough one, because this is... Southern Playalistic was the one I would put it. You would... Okay, okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure. But I was just like, you know, just the sheer number of hits that came off of that record. Mm-hmm. Just the sheer number of... Your auntie that don't listen to hip hop mm-hmm. was gonna know tracks off of this one. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about speaker box? Oh, speaker box right. below. Uh, you know everybody's still talking about for their Beyonces and Lucy Lou's. Like uh, mm-hmm. I, when it comes to like sheer iconicness, uh, there's only one that I really think goes above speaker box and love below, uh, and that's the one we'll talk about probably at the end because that's my personal number one. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about so. it when we get there. All right, but you're in a you're under the idea that speaker box love below and Southern playlistic. You're in the same battle They're right now. Two right? different things, though, right? Because Southern Playlistic is like the iconicness of hip-hop, 
and what what would come from that album. Right. While while Speaker Box of Love Below is pop culture impact and what it meant uh, outside of the hip hop. Right. Right. Well, something sense. playlistic, and that's the biggest thing too, is that again these young kids fucking coming out of fucking ATL, yeah. no one knowing what, and again East Coast West Coast at the peak being booed at the fucking Source Awards. That was a thing, and the thing is that like I think a lot of people maybe they didn't understand what uh, they were going for. Like they come from a place of deep respect as well. But I feel like Southern Playlistic is an enjoyable album. But I would argue that its influence is more the fact that an ATL group, a group from not the East or West Coast, was able to put out a really good album. Mm-hmm. Then it is like this is their secret masterpiece like right. I don't think anyone's saying well, that and no, it's I mean I, I'm gonna have a little bit of an argument with okay. you there cause there was good hip hop coming out of the south mm-hmm. before Outkast was out mm-hmm. uh, being for, like being born in Houston the Ghetto Boys was like definitely like mm-hmm. pushed with Bill and like you know, short, you, yeah. you, UGK was making was making moves at that point mm-hmm. in time uh, and like you know a lot of stuff uh, that you guys are saying are uh, west coast sounds y'all were like very deep origins of southern hip hop like mm-hmm. Uh, like, like even even that opening baseline for who you who like, just something about that just felt felt like childhood. Like, and again, maybe I have a weird bias because this is something I remember hearing these tracks right. before. I, I uh, my favorite rapper is like you know like this is just like when I knew hip hop and like this wasn't reggae or soul music to mm-hmm. me. Like, well, you know me, ain't nothing but a chicken wing. <laughs> so you know, that's there's no rough on that. So, I mean, so you have a much more... Would you say you have a higher opinion of Southern Playlistic over Speaker Box? I mean, I know you're talking about the iconicness of these albums, but I'm not even thinking about that. I'm more thinking about what is the best album? What is the one that I'm personally going to keep coming back to? I love a lot of the grooves on Southern Playlistic. I feel like a lot of them get a little bit better on AT Aliens. No, no you're yeah. definitely right. They definitely, like, learn their craft as they move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say, like, of the two, I have I have not listened to... Before, before this week, I have not listened to A Love Below. All oh. the way through. Oh! Uh, since high school. Really? I've listened to Speaker Box all the way through. Oh my god, Dracula's time. Wedding. Let me tell you, it's a song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I listen to Southern Playlist and kind of like music. I've listened to ATLians. I've listened to Stankonia. I've listened to all of them top to bottom, you know, within the least, at least the last three years. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? I can't say that about a love below which is like I said why it brings it down and I, I can say I've never listened to Idlewild all the way through before today like before this week yeah. so I'm, and I'm just gonna put this out there okay. you know and people are not gonna like it but for Speaker Box and Love Below while they do have a lot of hits and things like that if it's a 2 hour and 15 minute <laughs> album you're gonna find hits on it from Outkast yeah. so it's like okay I'm just put it out there Sure. 50% of this album is phenomenal yes <laughs> shout out to Big Boy other 50% for me eh so it's like 75% of this album is good. Right. I feel like Southern Playalistic, Cadillac Music, is more than 75% good. Okay. So if we're talking based off of percentages here. And that's as we're going to. I will say, here's the one, here's one, and this is completely out of no- nothing. I feel like guest verses on Outcast albums, for the most part, aren't that great. I don't remember a lot of other rappers on here, and this is not going to really weigh heavily on the mm-hmm. album, with the exception of Ludacris' verse off a of fucking yes. uh, <laughs> Tomb of the Boom. Yeah. On fucking, yeah, because that one, when he's talking about, you're still in your cubicles, well, I got weed crumbs that are stuck in my cuticles. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, Luda, really? Damn. Like, I don't love that song at all, and he is the best part of it. Yeah. I will say, I don't, I don't think that CeeLo is a great rapper, but I really enjoy his verse on Reset. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and, C- and CeeLo's, CeeLo's had some, you know, commendable verses as well, but yeah. I mean, he's definitely an artist-artist. Like, he right. 
ascends, you know, just rap in itself, but yeah. he puts in his work when, you know, when the time calls for yeah, it. Yeah, like his oh, stuff man. with Goody Mob yeah, back on something realistic. Oh my God, like, with Goody Mob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was in, he shot in Goody Mob. That's like, that was that group. Right, yeah. Like, it's all that stuff he's known as a singer, but like... I still remember when he, they were in the movie Mystery mm-hmm. Men, uh, when they were part of yo, the evil thing. <laughs> they were the uh, not-so-goody mob. <laughs> we, watched, we, we watched that last year, and I was like, is that fucking scene like me? Yeah. <laughs> There's so much stuff in that movie that you're like... I've, I watched that movie so much when I was little, and so seeing it again, I was like, oh my god, that's actually like... Yeah, that is uh, actually fucking goody mob. Goody mob as... All right, well, listen, we're 37 minutes into the podcast right now. really? See, that's what I always forget about this podcast. Any future guests out there, time will fly. (laughs) You won't even know it. So let's just go around. Let's say, because of the two albums, what would your number five pick be? Let's just say what we think it's going to be, starting with Shannon, between the two albums. Speaker box love below. Southern Playlistic. You guys got me on the speaker box love below argument. I, I see y'all side. Uh oh. No, I'm so torn. I really, really am. It's rough. I know because, like, I love. I'm gonna say Speakerbox Love Below. Like, he's number five. Yeah. Wow. I know because one of the things where, like, I love the big boy on there. It's still a very presentational big boy. It's not like that same level of authentic. And that's the one thing about Love Below is that, like, uh, the life day in the life of Andre Andre Benjamin at the very end when he's talking about very personal shit when he's referencing the Erica Badu things explicitly by name. One of the whole album. Right. It's just one of the things. Like, I'm not necessarily saying you have to make a rap album, dude. You can be crazy and indulgent, (laughs) but you have to bring me along for the ride of the craziness. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. I don't even remember what love is war, love and war sounds like. I don't even fucking oh, remember that. Right, exactly. Like, legit. And then you got, oh, it's and then you got Big Boy doing church. You got Flip Flop Rocky. You have great things on there, but I don't remember Last Call. And then I still remember the thick grooves on it. Like, and I know a lot of people don't like fucking. Uh, oh, no, no, yeah. I think it's got to be Southern Playlistic by a hair. By a hair, that's where my vote's gonna be. You're voting Southern Playlistic? Yep. At uh, number four. So I'm putting at number five, Speaker Box Love Below. I'm putting at number four, Southern Playlistic Cadillac Music. Yeah. No, I, was, I thought about your argument and I was like, yo, even through all of this, I have more stuff on my playlists from Southern Playlistic. Mm-hmm. Than you were for Speaker Box Love. Because Crumbling Herb. Yeah, that's such a good one. All right, so in that case, number six, Idlewild. Number five, Speakerbox, Love Below. Number four, Southern Playlist, Cadillac Music. I like it because I don't have to say that for the rest of the podcast now. <laughs> uh, so, Taryn, we are down to AT Aliens. We are down to Equipment okay. I. We are down this to is where it gets hard. Oh, my God. This, this, is, is, this is where it's the smallest of margins. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad that he's asking me then because it's really easy. For oh, me. okay. All right. Um, and this is exactly where I would have put this, but... For me, it's AT Aliens. Um, I okay. think I think that um, verse wise, this might be their strongest album. Consistently, like f- as far as the rapping is concerned, I fucking love. Like I'll I might just put on this whole record, th- and I didn't know it very well before this week. But like the beats just aren't to the same level. Okay, they haven't yeah, they haven't cool. explored. Because because Aquemini and Stankonia are so incredibly experimental and out there, and they and just musically more developed, and they take they take from everywhere in music history, and AT Aliens just isn't quite there yet. Yo, AT Aliens, I'm gonna disagree. AT Aliens, <laughs> <laughs> he was ready. Yeah. AT Aliens to me is what defined what became the sound of the Southern style. Okay. Uh, while you argue that this may be their strongest uh, verse-wise. 
I argue that this is their strongest hook and chorus wise. Really? Um, I, I feel I feel like me and you, oh, yo mama and yo cousin too. Uh, to like we just two dope boys in a cattle. Like there's just so many things that take that like take a take a take a small phrase and say it with such swag, such gusto and repetitiveness. Yeah. That it becomes the hook. Um, I, I think I think there's more than those two songs that I said on here. Uh, and I feel like if you listen to it through, like you'll have a lot more songs on here that'll be stuck in your head uh, than you will uh, off off of the uh, later albums. But yeah, the other thing though is that like, I feel like I actually I didn't even think about it before. Taryn said it. I kind of agree. For me, we disagree about Millennium with the chorus of like I'm like come the fuck up. I like some of the things like I like the song and then that kind of shit comes in. But for me, the biggest revelation I had this week was actually uh, Babylon. When uh, when you have on Dre talking about like being born with coke in his blood, yeah. like when you talk about like I'm just like shit. Like he doesn't always get real in that same sense. He's always honest. He's always open. But that is like. That like got me this week. I, I mean, I feel between AT Aliens and Equemini, that's when you have uh, this beautiful mix of both of them. I feel, I yeah. feel, I feel like I feel like they both kind of. Uh, I don't want to say like throw away their hood a little bit, but they're not talking about like people running in on your like wife and daughter. Like uh-huh. they're not talking about that in Stankonia anymore. Well, they're creating characters on this one too. They're like, I, we want to be like that's why the cover is a comic book. Like we want to be a little bit futuristic. We want to be kind of out there. Like that was a very much a pose they were striking. Mm-hmm. Well, I, w- I just would also say, j- just sort of on the aspect of why I think the verses here are so good is, is playing off what you said, it really feels like a duo, a cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trading off lines with each other within the same verses like you hear Run the Jewels do now, which doesn't really happen that much in their discography. Most of the time it's an Andre verse, chorus, mm-hmm. a big boy verse, chorus. And here we're getting really them... Playing off of each other, yeah. Which is why it's the number three spot, absolutely. But I don't know. For me, Elevators doesn't do it for me. I get that it has, like, a nostalgic aspect to it, and also it was a huge hit, so I'm probably just wrong. But for me, I mean, there are also just some great fucking beats on here, too, like Wheels of Steel. I don't really like. I don't. I don't. I don't love the hook on that. I'm not song, a big fan of the hook either, but, but I love the production. Everything that's happening in the background, yeah. and and of course the verses on there are just so fucking solid. My big takeaway from this album is Jazzy Bell. Okay. Um, which I think was it, Mr. DJ. Yeah, Mr. DJ. Like the scratching that he's pulling on there. That's like some of the best. I've heard of that, where I'm actually like, I want this scratch break to keep going. And it's weird, though, because, like, I think, I I put this question out on my Twitter earlier in the week of just, what's, you know, who's better, Big Boy or Dre? A lot of people are just like, a surprising amount of people were, like, straight up Big Boy. A lot, but a lot of people just said like it's about the two of them together, and I love Big Boy a lot. You got to keep my. We're like I feel like Dre. He has these real high highs that are memorable, mm-hmm. and these terrible lows. And Big Boy doesn't have it. He's just consistent mm-hmm. like throughout. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that I remember Dre's verses on AT Aliens so much, especially when I'm thinking about uh, Over the Woods when oh, he yeah. has he has that one part where he's talking about like you know I just want to have a house for my kids with the dog in the backyard. Go woof woof. I don't know what's gonna happen outside of the recording booth. Poof. Like he's just like doing this amazing alliteration like all the way straight See, through but, and that's the kind of where you get the first taste too of like Andre 3000's done rapping he's just gonna tell you thoughts over this music mm-hmm. I mean he's it's just, still in verse yeah, sure. yeah. it's, 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 it's on beat but it's just like I think that's where you first get your first taste of I don't want to be a rapper Andre okay yeah he's he's not just 
rapping. There's like spoken word elements. Well, he like, wants like, to be a preacher. I feel he's like he's breaking out of a the, preacher of love. The psychedelic constraints love. Of, <laughs> psychedelic love. Yeah. of the bars. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, before I be turned to Shannon's thoughts, because I do want Shannon's thoughts in a second, I just want to talk, throw something hot in the mix oh, real okay. quick oh. in the gumbo. Uh, you defiantly say eight aliens is not a number three for you. What would you put at number three? No, I'd probably put eight aliens. In. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought okay. you were like. I thought you were fighting us. Yeah. Like, because this is. Yeah. And let's be very clear. He was just disagreeing on what I said oh, about okay. it. Okay. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. Okay. And, for, and again, it's rough. Yeah. I can literally see, you know. Any one of these going number one. Well, there's there's only one that number is one. a definite number one for me in my mind. Yeah. I don't want to say. I'm with you. But there's for a definite number. Yeah. There's a definite number one for me in my mind. But AT aliens, like. It, it, it could fit, and that's the thing. This is what's so hard about Outcast because the remaining albums are all pretty phenomenal and good. Oh, for sure. Like, crazy. And the thing, especially when the question, you know, who's the better rapper between Big Boy and Andre Three Stacks? That's a different, uh, such a tough question. Now, well, for, happy hour mini said after this. Right. Yeah. So, but for me, you know, Big Boy shined a lot in AT Aliens. Yes. Like, as far as, you know, you always know if it's Big Boy's coming, you're getting a solid verse. It's I, Whenever I hear a Big Boy verse, I never have to wonder if it's going to be good or not. Or if For I'm, sure. Like, when I listen to a Lil Wayne verse, I'm like, are we getting High Wayne? Or yeah. if I listen to a lot of rappers, which one or which, are like, which verse are we getting? Rockstar Wayne. Right, are we yeah. getting the good... We get a lot. The guitar <laughs> playing. Right. So, you know, but... But... <laughs> historically speaking... Especially, in the, especially you know, this being their their second no, this was their second. second album. This being their second album for Big Boy to maintain, you know, that energy from the first one, it just shows consistency. Like, wow, Big Boy is pretty dope. Mm-hmm. But I know Andre Three Thousand, he kind of you know because he's so experimental at times, you know, he kind of gets a little bit of the shine. But for me, when I'm listening to lyrics, Big Boy is the outstanding part for me for this album. Okay. Um, which I can see it at three. Okay. 100% I can Would see it. Would you put this. something else at three in your personal ranking? No. Great. Let's lock it in. Okay. I wouldn't. I, honestly, I wouldn't. I would only put some... I would. It would change up a little bit if we split up the two albums, but because we've agreed not to, I'll put right. it at number three. Right. And yes. that's the thing. I'll put it at number three. I agree with him a thousand percent on that regard. But okay. if we're talking about for Outcast, this would be the number three Outcast album for me. Okay. Great. Well, in that case, we were in agreement. We've locked it in. I don't want to speak about love below. So the playlist of Cadillac Music, AT Alien, 6543. Number two, we're down to Aquamanang and Stankonia. And guys, listen, you've all had turns. Okay. I'm going to nominate my number two. These are two amazing albums, we're going to say it. And I don't know if this is a controversy or not. I'm just going to say it right now. My pick for number two has got to be Stankonia. What? Whoa! Whoa! What? Whoa! Whoa. Yes, yes. Crazy. Because Aquemini legitimately is so funny. Here's the thing. Stankonia is the futuristic, is that futuristic, crazy, insane, genre-breaking outcast that we love. But I would argue Aquemini is their best iteration of who they are. Because that was my biggest thing this week when I was actually listening to Stankonia. It was just like, man, as much as this is a great album, as much as I love the breaks, as much as I love so many of the singles off of this here, the more time I spent with it, it breaks so many genres. And then there are parts... 
that I just kind of like they don't strike me in the same way. You have it's kind of like I mean it's kind of like Dre's verses. They're the high highs you remember. They are iconic. They are decade defining singles. I would argue potentially B.O.B. being one of the greatest songs, not of this album, not even of their discography, one of the greatest rap songs potentially ever made. B.O.B. is astonishing. Yeah. It is incredible. Especially if you also like electronic music, mm -hmm. then B.O.B. is just like literally everything you want out of life. You've got that gospel chorus ending, you have Andre's verse at the top, which is its own animal, and then... They bring in entirely new beat elements for Big Boy's verse after the first chorus. It's just insanity. I know, and it is so good. And you kind of have you have other moments aside from the singles. Like I mean, I call before I come is this goofy, wacky, <laughs> fun little number. You know, about I lowkey hate that song. Come. Really? I I really <laughs> I don't like the hook come. at all. Oh, I that's really the best part. Want it to just stop? Man, that's the that's the theme song of every thirsty young dude that ever <laughs> yep like dealt with it, man. Yeah. Like like I. I I'm gonna respectfully disagree with you. That is fine. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna put Stankonia as number one. Okay. Uh, as I stand, that Stankonia from intro to the last track puts you on a journey. It does. Uh, a uh, while a great album, it doesn't take you on a full journey. When you're at the end with Chonky Fire, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, they clearly like petered out at the end here. Really? Wait, yeah. what? Oh, I fucking love Chonky Fire. You're <laughs> telling me that's a petered out? I'm it's weird how Chunky Fire kind of bridges the gap between that and Gasoline Dreams. No, and it does. Really, really well. But yeah. I don't know, man. Like, all right, all right, all right. From like Rosa, like Return of the Gangs, like uh, artist storytelling part one alone, my dude. Yeah. yeah like, see, that's where. See, that's that for me. That's the art. Uh, the artist storytelling part one is just like, man. Damn! Like, was I so sure about my number one? Because that song. Alone, but I heard Mama Sita and I was for sure. The, like, the love I have for the art of storytelling part one and their delivery, yeah. honestly, <laughs> and, and honestly, for me, Equemini, that. that fucking bass line, that fucking hypnotic, yeah. like oh, chorus, that is just next. Equemini, like, comes on, and I'm like, I need to spark up, yeah, like, it's. It's so, it's so groovy and just so musically pleasing, Aquamanai, mm -hmm. but Stank only got like. Yeah. Okay, man, he's got question mark Stankonia, on it though. That's still, all I'm yeah, saying. I actually really like question mark. It's okay. insane, but I'm into it. Stankonia though, uh, for me, like the you're talking about how it takes you on a journey. Are we sure Stank Love is a journey we want to go on? <laughs> no. Like for me, if we're talking about if we're talking about petering out at the end, um, we have we end that album with Slum Beautiful prenup and. Stank love, and I'm not about any of it. <laughs> Yo, stank love is the jam. Yeah, stank I'm laughing like, because I like stank love. Like, so stank it's love like, is, I'm telling you, stank love got me ready for adulthood way more than I thought it would. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, okay. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, uh, maybe it's that maybe it's that filter of Stankonia was the first like it was the third album I ever bought, the first rap album I ever bought with my own money. Uh, I remember. I remember me and my sister both bought this CD, so like we would bond over this. Like I actually like thought she took my version the first time I heard she had it, so I stole her copy that she purchased because I thought it was mine from her. That's awesome. We got everything cleared up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like, I mean, that was just like to me that was real. Like, I remember in 2000, 2000 that's kind of like the Y two K stuff 
Rap rock was kind of a big deal. With the Papa John or the Papa Roach. Sorry. Yeah, Papa John. Papa John was going on. Papa John was Yeah, but like in Park, you got all that fucking shit. So there was like, you know, when you heard the gasoline dreams, when you heard Bombs Over Baghdad, when they actually had like that, like, like that guitar drummer, like, I remember the guitar solos and like Bombs Over Baghdad. I remember I was very into other genres of music. I was learning about who I was in different styles. And this, to me, is is the dream. This, this Stank Onya, to me, is peak outcast. Because it's got that old-school groove. It's got that place where it takes you to soul. It takes you to the, the fucking mother planet that Andre 3000 comes from. Uh, but it also like it also takes you to like to like Bankhead and Buckhead. It takes you right to Atlanta. But it also takes you to this like future off place. I, I think Stankonia is past, present, and future. Uh, the best representation of all aspects: player, poet, philosopher, prophet, like all of it, everything that they've ever been about. Okay. I think it's all you can find it in Stankonia. I don't think you can find all of it in Equemini. Okay, so these albums are neck and neck. For me, bear in for, mind, for these sure. are number one, number two. Yeah. But the, the thing is, yeah. the thing is, for and me, even number three, all of this is super close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the thing is, for me, as amazing as Stankonia is, and I'm not gonna disagree with anything that you've said about it, Aquemini has three of my five favorite Outcast songs with. Rosa Parks, which mm-hmm. I think we can all agree is yeah. just like when that fucking harmonica just... breakdown happens. Mm-hmm. I never heard. That was the first Outcast song I ever heard. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I didn't even know I liked harmonicas until that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like what? Yeah. See, like I guess to me when I heard that song, it first took me to Arrested Development's Tennessee. Yeah, song. exactly. Okay. So, so yeah. To, me, to me at this point in time, uh, when I first heard Rosa Parks, you thought ripoff. Uh, I didn't think ripoff, but I felt I've heard this before. Right, you didn't think it was like something new and innovative. He was like, "Oh, yeah. I've heard this kind of stuff." I, I, I remember, I remember rest of the development. My my right. folks were very Afrocent. My dad's Indian. He was Rasta, and growing up, whenever it was hip hop, it was very Afrocentric that I would listen to. Yeah. yeah. So I was into all of that kind of uh, stuff. For me, though, honestly, the thing that makes that song as much as I love that is that fucking Doppler radar beat. That. Yeah, you know, like that's happening there in the background. Yeah. Like I love yeah. that shit. That's amazing, and that's unlike anything I'd really heard before. But like, you have that. You also have Return of the G opening no, the album. Return of the Gangsta. Like, yeah, yeah. Really. Was it? Like that. That's what. That's when I realized like hip hop didn't have to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. understand that's where I think I think if an ATLians, uh, Andre and Big Boy kind of figured out who they were and res- like in respect to the group. I feel like ATL uh is where they ran with it. Right. Where Andre's like, okay, I'm this paragon of free thought. I'm the weird motherfucker. I can I can get the crowd behind me just on not being normal. Right. While Big Boy, like you said, is the steady. Mm. You know, no matter how out there, no matter how out of the like, you know, high in the sky, three stacks got you. Uh, Andre, take bring it right back to Earth. Right. Like, yeah. uh, Big Boy, I'm, I keep messing my words. Well, let's right. be fair. Let's be yeah. fair. The three of us have been talking about this quite a bit. Shannon, I'm just sitting here pondering, like, man. <laughs> Like, the thing is... I mean, you seem shocked when I said Stankonia. I am shocked, but, yeah. again, which is why I love dialogue and <laughs> is because when people explain things to you and you think about it a little bit more, you're just like, I get it, 100%. So, it's rough, and I'm probably going to talk out how I feel Please through do. this. Please do, that's what we're here um, for. And I agree with him 1,000%. Stankonia, in my mind, is peak performance outcast. Okay. Um, It's to the point where... Experimental Andre 3000 worked in its aspects in this album and it fit well. It wasn't like there were misses 
a lot for me mm-hmm. on Stankonia mm-hmm. with Andre stepping out the box and Big Boy complimenting him with just a consistent mm-hmm. versus. Man, but <laughs> Aquaman, and again, I always approach it from a pure hip hop. Because again, you know, yeah. I remember, especially when Stankonia came out when Linkin Park was big, I was a huge fan of Linkin Park, you know, being a you know, black That's boy. That's what I know Ch- you for. You yeah. know, being a black boy from Chicago, you know, listening to like, Rock fusion, uh, rock, rock they rap did an fusion. Album with I'm just like, well, and they did the album with Jay Z and things like that, which was like cool. But Aquaman, I just it fulfilled so much, and then the art of storytelling. That song alone for me is just like so important. And then, and I love Rosa Parks as well. And then one of the strongest starts to an album in Aquaman I as well, mm-hmm. like with Return of the G. But Scoot on, on the Barbie. Barbie. Wait, you guys don't like Scoot on the Barbie? I mean, uh, that's definitely not one of the standouts. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's I'm, I'm not like jumping out. Track. Like, I I'm, love I'm, that song. I'm more quick to jump on synthesizer than I am yeah. on that track. Okay, well, okay, yeah. I mean, I'm into but, synthesizer. But then when I think of. When I think of Stankonio. Spoody! Okay, you might be switching me over to a. delicious. Yes, wait, because A, that is a seven minute song where I want every single second of it because that horn break on its but, own one time through is like 30 seconds. But again, that song is that song is Andre 3000 refusing to rap. It's over true. A beat. Yeah. And, but, uh, but for me, it's because that horn hook is so like sprawling no. and it's taking its time that like, while I don't love the Andre verses, I don't have any problems with them because everything else that's happening in that, yeah, in that, that song is just so You, you know what was crazy? Apparently, when it came to sequencing and tracking the album, like everyone was just like, well, we got to open with Return of the G. But Dre was like, you know what? We got to open with Y'all Scared. Like that was like his big thing. Like we want to open with that cut, and everyone's just like, "What the fuck are you talking about, man?" Because like that's you and a bunch of guest rappers no, thought, there. We no, want to open with big, that was Big Boy wanting. Th- oh really? Open. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was what? Well, yeah, I thought it was Dre. I yeah. could be well, wrong. Well, whatever. Yeah. Y'all scared? It's like yeah, that's a, it's yeah. a posse cut. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely like the whole. But like, why open the album with that? Like, yeah, you want to is such a strong opener. By yeah, itself. usually your posse cuts, if we're talking about sequency, kind of comes towards the later yeah. end of the album. <sighs> but for me, with Stankonia, you got to think. You oh, have Savannah, so fresh though. and so clean. Okay. You have uh-huh. Miss Jackson. You have bombs over Baghdad. No, even ex- like like even if you go like not not the singles. Like even if you don't go ex- the same explosion. Explosion. Yeah. explosion. explosion. Like stank. On- I'm sorry, I can't move. Like stank on you for me. And I can't. And I love. I and mean, the thing is, this literally by like I mean, a song or two. Seriously. That sways my opinion, but it's like it keeps bouncing back and forth as we talk about it because whenever we revisit. Specific songs. Yo. It's like, oh my god. Okay. Because I also forgot all about humble mumble. No, yo, look. Yeah. Like, <laughs> someone said something earlier about I don't remember uh, guest appearances, and then y'all mentioned a ludicrous verse. Yeah. Humble mumble, Erica Badu. There is nothing. There is not a feature on any any of these songs that is like more memorable that has a feature than Erica. The, than the real fucking chemistry between Erica Badu and Andre 3000 in 1999 when they were recording this shit they 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 off they off they out in the booth making seven right now they in here making this song uh and there's I don't know humbleism like cuz like it feels like even working with like with Badu like Erica you can hear you can hear like Andre's verse when he comes in and raps again on that one you can tell he's trying again like again like to me I feel like I feel like in this album you hear him go as experimental as he will. You hear him lose his will to rap. 
after this, he doesn't ever come back as a full-time rapper. And okay. this, the, and Derek, here's the only thing I'm going to say. I feel like you said he doesn't want to be a rapper on like almost every one of these albums that we talked about. <laughs> well, you, you, watch, you watch him lose his interest. You watch As him. over time. Yeah. yeah. And I blame Erica Badu for that. <laughs> <laughs> I blame Erica Badu. Uh, well, which yeah. is absolutely fair. Yeah. Which, yeah. Because, I mean, she's done this to every... <laughs> Top tier MC she's ever been in a relationship with. Jay Electronica, Jay run, Electronica, run. Like he's already done. Jay Electronica is already done. Like yeah. so. Well, Jay Electronica was done for a different reason a long time ago. But. Yeah. Well, after he couldn't beat Kendrick, when well, he did beat Kendrick technically no. on the fucking control verse, no, that but was, no that one was, cared. Kendrick beat him on his own track. Yeah. You lose on your own track, you don't get to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So That's I think we're, we're in a clear. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right, so I think we're clearly there's a good divide here uh, between these two albums. I would say before we go over anything, I think we can all agree because like I'm I'm like still kind of a quitman, but you guys have made good arguments. I feel like we could all like maybe change things a little bit. Here's what we're gonna do. I think we all know Shane and Zarek, you're kind of team Stankonia. I think Taryn and I might be team Equipment I a little bit, but where we're gonna go around the room. We're going to say one good thing about the other album and one detriment against the album that we like. Okay. I think that's fair to say. Okay. And I will say, Stankonia, my thing that I like about it is the fact that they get weirder than they ever have mm-hmm. and yet kept it within the realm because so fresh, so clean. Oh my that's God. a weird thing to like brag about and yet it's awesome at the same time. Like mm-hmm. I love it's not that. that weird. You know, it, I mean, it's not, They're but for hip hop, for hip hop, absolutely. Like it's just like out there and yeah. I, like, no, I dig that about that. Okay, like in, in the 2000s, this is when the South is starting to get dirty. This is when you have the masterpiece. Mm-hmm. You got your hot boys coming in. Mm-hmm. The South is very dirty. Degrees. And so these motherfuckers are coming out talking about, I'm mm-hmm. fresh and so clean yep. in the age of the dirty South and the rise of the dirty South. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, this is also during the time where gritty hip-hop was kind of at its forefront because this is when Eminem just came out. DMX is the biggest thing in the world. Jay-Z's right behind him. Ja Rule just hit. And this is before Ja Rule got more pop singy and things such as that. You know, so they have all these East Coast juggernauts and then you have outcasts like I'm fresh. Like it it wasn't the popular thing back then to be cool and slick and that, you know, Southern vibe. But then they come in with it and it's just like it captured, you know, it captured everybody's mind. It's like this song is so cool. Yeah. yeah. And my thing I would say is a negative against Equemini is that I think it's basically a flawless album, but like Liberation and Chunky Fire near the end don't do as much for me in the same Fuck way. Fuck it, I love Liberation. That's, that's just that's just that's just me. That's just me. Nathaniel's a minute long. Yeah. No, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now your turn, Zero. All right. So, I mean. The best thing I can say about Equemini is the art of storytelling part one. Uh, I mean, overall, like, Equemini is a great album. Uh, It's got a great vibe, and it does set the precursor to a lot of, like, what eventually becomes Atlanta hit. It almost, like, closes the chapter on the first three albums. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of like that, you know, before they went into space. No, for sure. Oh, they were already in space. I mean, I know, but, like, Stankonia really shot them, you know, into a dimension. Uh, But, like... You know, one thing I'll say that I could definitely get as a criticism on Stankonia is it is it does kind of, like, lose energy at certain points. Mm-hmm. Um, right, because, I mean, it's a long album. It's 24 tracks. Yeah, I mean, it's 24 tracks, but notice before this, none of the interludes or sketches or skits had any kind of track listing. Mm-hmm. So it's a 24, uh, you know, track with a right. good, like, nine of them. Or, <laughs> or interlude, right. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. All right. And, and also, if we're talking about interludes, I love the fact, like, you know, in, in, in sketch comedy that's called a runner, 
Uh, but they had a runner. Like every every sketch ended with a ready break. And if you listen to them, they all told that story. I mean, I'm always a sucker for like, you know, if you ever want to do one that's just like, you know, skits and hip hop albums, uh, I would love to break those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Fugees, I think, is like the most slept on on those. But I don't know. I I like the overall story. But like, I can definitely see where like, if you weren't in a in a love song or like a a romantic ep- like aspect as compared to just the sexual aspect of a relationship. And I think, like I said, I think Sagonia does a good job of holding all of that. But if that's not what you're looking for, I can definitely see why that would be a complaint. I can definitely see how uh, that's a time capsule of the year 2000, mm-hmm. which is very different than being a time capsule of the 90s or the 2000s. This is very specifically Y2K, yeah. like that era of, of style. Uh, so I can definitely see why like that would be a drawback, right. but I think in like if you're gonna pinpoint the importance of music as a whole, Stankonia wins, and I think if you pinpoint the importance of hip hop as a whole, Stankonia also wins. Mm. Right. Taryn, damn, <laughs> um, yeah, follow that up. <laughs> Bitch, get off the blow. <laughs> I mean, great. That's I will say. I will say that. Stankonia is the only album that actually made me laugh out loud multiple times. Kim with, and with um, <laughs> fucking Kim and Cookie, with yeah. all of the, the yes, all of those like backing vocals. I was like, this is yeah. so unnecessary, but it's perfect. And then just yeah, bitch, get off that blow, break. Um, and it has, I mean, it just there's. I mean, it's true on both of these albums for me, but there's barely any weak moments. It really, it it just keeps going consistently, especially that A side. Mm-hmm. Weak on Equimini, I don't know. Part of story. I mean, part two. Well, no, no, oh, okay. no. I actually, I'm into that. <laughs> um, no, weak on Equimini is is fucking Mama Sita. That's. Uh, Papa Donna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mama Sita. I, I love a gangsta boo appearance. Yeah. Uh, but that that was not her finest moment. No, no not at all. Yeah, right. It was nice to know she was there. Though. Yeah, I'm glad she got paid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Um, for me, uh, Stankonia, it's hard for me to even pick a mm-hmm. bad thing about it, if I'm being honest. Uh, if, if I had to be a judge of anything, I'm not a big fan of a lot of interludes. Mm-hmm. It's just... When you get excessive. Yeah, and there was a lot of interludes, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. on this thing. Um, so that, but that's not like the interludes were bad at all. Like it's not like they didn't tie in and fit perfectly with the theme of the it's album. It's like a reset button sometimes, right? You know, and so it kind of like stops a little bit of halts my like energy with while I'm listening to it. For sure, it's like, ah, I got to listen to gotta, like as uh, an album consistently listening right. to experience it kind of detracts. Um, yeah, but otherwise, Stankoni is just com- phenomenal for me. And while I completely do love you know Aquamanai as well, I mean. The art of storytelling is like that's like hip hop diamond right there. That's like Jesus that song. But I, you know, we got Killer Mike on Stankonia. You didn't get that on Aquamanai, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, you, but his fair. work on Stankonia, I liked it. Doesn't Stan- blow me away. Yeah. It's not the Killer Mike that I know. Yeah, it's right. Just, and he just he sounds like a rapper. Yeah, which is what he was at that. Point. Which you at that point, which is what he was. You just arrived. You're like, man, this kill. You know, Killer Mike doing his thing. And, and I think the thing that, that uh, with Stankonia is that coming out of the '90s, they started off 2000 already trying to be ahead of the curve, trend setting, like making their stamp. Stankonia 
Apparently, they what? didn't listen to rap music when they're recording it. They like listen that to makes, anything that, that makes right, and it's and it sounds like it. It sounds like it because. While you might hear some influences from other coasts and things like that in previous albums, and um, what even from the rapping aspect, some of it in Aquamanai, when you get to Stankonia, it sounds so outcast. It's just like, I think at this point with Stankonia, people were like, historically, if you ask people what was the best group of all time, they would default to a Tribe Called Quest at that, before that point. Right. Because a Tribe Called Quest was iconic. Mm-hmm. But with Stankonia, people was like, yo, I don't out, know. Like yeah. Outcast. Like, it was like, because, you know, all the tracks on here that was so hard. And the thing is, it's hard when the biggest records on your albums, the hits, so to speak, are that good. Because not a lot of the times when you get the hits, you like, but the album is actually better. Like, the songs on the, uh-huh. I'm actually better. No, the hits on this album were some of the best songs on the album, and even the songs that weren't the hits were all very well made, well done. The production. I keep making that me. argument about Lil Yachty, and no one wants to listen to me, so you know it's rough. Let me know. Me. Yeah, being a, being a Lil Yachty fan is gonna be rough for you. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> let, <laughs> let, let, he has those. Let, let he me has know. An album? Let me know when you guys do that discography, so I won't be in town. All right. So cool, make great, sure. Yeah. Um, this is rough, but again. If you had to pick between the two, number one, number two. What number one, I would have to pick Stankonia. I mean, I haven't changed my mind, so okay, we're so two still and two. And I'm but but the thing, it's rough because I can I can I can wake up tomorrow and be like, shit, I should have picked Aquaman right. Nine. So that's what's rough about this because here's what I will say. I can read a room. I'm also the host of the show, yeah. but I can read a room. Yeah. I know I know what's gonna happen. I love that we're talking about Equemini in the way that we are because I genuinely think, in terms of everything outcast, a lot of people view it as kind of like Stinkonia onward. I think a lot of like casual fans or whatever. I think legitimately, as much as the first two albums are great and must be listened to, Equemini legitimately mm-hmm. is a classic that no one has really appreciated in the same level. I don't think it's talked about in the same regards. Oh, absolutely. I think I think that critics talk about it in that regard. Exactly. Right. It's, it's yeah, probably yeah, the their most. Criti- I can tell you, go to the south, people that like. Hip hop, they're gonna put, they're gonna put. A yeah, because critically speaking, Aquamanai is like, yeah, you know, golden. But the thing, what I like about Stankonia that Aquamanai doesn't do is that while it's crit, you know, critically just so phenomenal, Pat, and I can appreciate it. Stankonia brought some of that same energy, but also made it bigger in a sense, to where like my grandmother listened to songs off Stankonia. Mm-hmm. She wasn't big on hip hop at all, like, but. I can go in any she she'd wake up to so fresh so clean is on. I'm like, wow, like my grandma's playing so fresh so clean. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And it just has so much. So it's all for me it's almost not it's almost like I could rate these two exactly the same. Time for number one. But, 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 but I get more from Stankonia. All right. Because it just offers more. But ah, this is rough because <laughs> I really am feeling Aquaman I because again, if I had to pick a favorite song, if I had to combine both these albums in one, pick a favorite song, it's the art of storytelling. Mm-hmm. So But one amazing song does not make a whole album. Exactly. Yeah. But if you love both albums completely and you had Okay, let's put it like this. If, <laughs> damn it. Let's give it to Stankonia. See, I can yeah. I can tell you where I get my argument too. Because Equemini is like, you're, they're taking you to a weird part of like Atlanta or where they grew up while Stangonia is them putting themselves out in the universe. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things I can tell you. Art of storytelling, 
yo, this is the story from where I came from. Uh, bombs over Baghdad or explosion, this is me throwing that shit out to everywhere. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where the big difference is. Uh, mind you, I, 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 art of storytelling is the jam, and I still have dreams where I wake up talking about who wants to fight Hollywood Cole. So, like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I love me some Spody Odie, Dope Salicious. And they're, again... I would even argue between the first four albums, it is very close. Uh, but Stankonia gets the edge. Yeah, I think Stankonia is. Yeah, and that's and that's the tough thing. One of the things I said during the Kendrick Lamar episode, not to like talk about how great I am, but I am, uh, is I talked about how hip hop is weirdly locational. Like mm-hmm. unlike you know rock bands or country artists, like where you come from is extremely important in that regard. It's where you represent. And the thing I love about artists like and Kendrick kind of did it too. Where like although he represents Compton hard, he also created an imaginary place of Section Eighty. Yeah, you know, oh, not yeah. Section Eight. You know, like he created this you yeah. know different realm all to itself. And that's exactly what they did. They gonna, you know I'm not gonna argue y'all on y'all's podcast that I wasn't on that y'all already been on. We won't have that conversation. It's, it's, it's happy hour, maybe so. Don't worry. Exactly. But like legitimately though, and so the same thing here they represent atl hard they take everything they love about it though but they also created their own place as well they created a realm that they reference constantly over and on again they created their own universe which and they tried it again with idlewild and it didn't work out as well stankonia was very- <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. quick note on that so they wanted to make a movie for aquemini uh-huh. and they couldn't get the funding for it so they like saved the idea and did it later for idlewild can you imagine if we had gotten an aquemini movie that would have been so fucking cool. Well, I don't know, man. I feel like both. I feel like their acting skills would have only been worse for them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like and they were not good in Idlewild. Fair enough. All right, guys. Let's lock it in. Number six, Idlewild. Number five, Speaker Box of Love Below. Number four, Southern Playlist at Cadillac Music. Number three, AT Aliens. Number two, Aquemini. And the number one album is, of course, the single of Land of a Million Drums from Scooby Doo soundtrack. I'm kidding. No, it's Stankonia. <laughs> So guys, listen, as you know, we have had a lot to say about Outcast, but you know what? We have a lot more to say. That's what the Happy Hour Minisode is for, because we need to talk about whether or not there is a debate of the best lyricist, what the fuck happened to them, all the terrible things you don't know about Idlewild. There's a lot to get into. Best guest versus. Oh my god. We're going to get into it. So in the meantime, though, Zarek Shannon. Thank you so much okay. for being here and for having this debate, and I love it, so I appreciate it. In the meantime, though, I would say, please do us a favor. Uh, If you like what you heard, please uh, like us and subscribe on Facebook, on iTunes, and SoundCloud, and all the other places. And remember, when you leave a review on iTunes, it helps us out because other people see the show. They're like, oh, this has a lot of great reviews. Unless you give us a terrible review. You know what? I get it. I had some crap opinions. It's okay. (laughs) I get it. Um, Please do that. In the meantime, though, uh, keep on listening because you know that we'll be. Thanks so much, and have a good one. Good Okay, Shannon, say yeah. something. Hello, hello, hello. Scooby poopity doo. <laughs> you can probably crank it up a little bit now. I've been thinking about it. There we go. Yowski, wowski, speaksy weeski. Yipski doopski, poopski wooski. All right. Scoop de poop, de poop scoop. I hope this is all part of the podcast. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs>